What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me on the other end of the line today is my co-host, Curtis. And obviously, guys, with the bye week, we do not have a game to recap today like we normally do for our Monday in-season shows, but just because last week was a bye week doesn't mean we are taking the day off. It is football season, after all, and it only lasts so long. It's hard to believe it's just a little bit over a month left of the season. So today we definitely still have you guys covered with some football content like we do all year long. But since there is no game to recap, instead today what we're going to do is take kind of a mid-season look at the team. And yes, technically we've played seven games, so this is like mid-season plus one. But it's close enough, so we're going to roll with it. But anyway, a mid-season look at the team with a with a with basically a mid-season report card. We're going to grade each position group based on its first half performance and also highlight some things that have surprised and disappointed us to this point. But first, before we get there, we do just want to quickly remind everyone out there uh, that we post this this show each week during the season for free, the first show of the week, to SoundCloud, iTunes, all those different podcasting platforms. But if you like what you hear and you would like to access all of our content through the rest of the football season and beyond, you can subscribe today to our premium content on Podbean. That gives you access to all of our episodes. It's only $2 a month. Uh, if you haven't heard what's been going on behind the scenes with our show and our former and maybe, who knows, possibly future distributor, uh, check out the the uh, episode Important Update on the podcast that's featured on iTunes right now to get the full story. But I know most of you have heard all that by now, so we're not going to bore you. I promise we're not going to bore you with all that again. But the bottom line is, if you enjoyed the show and you want to hear all of our content, we would be sincerely grateful if you would go to our Twitter page, uh, click on our profile link there. It, uh, it will take you directly to our Podbean page. If you're on the computer, uh, on your PC, it will take you uh, right to the, the page there. And on the right, you'll see a little yellow Buy Now button. You can click that and subscribe to the show for only $2 a month. You put in your information. It's very quick, easy, harmless, painless. It takes about a minute or so. If you're on uh, a mobile device, you, uh, you click on that, that link on our Twitter profile, which is at glory underscore UGA, by the way. And then you scroll down to the bottom there, and that little yellow Buy Now button is also there at the bottom of that page. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's how you do it. It's quick, easy, painless. And we, uh, we definitely are so appreciative of all of our, our all of our subcri- subscribers and all, also really just all of our supporters in general. You guys give us a ton of support, and we want to keep producing the show as long as we can for all of you guys out there. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, but let's go ahead and roll into the good stuff, the actual football talk you all came here to listen to today. And we're going to start off with our midseason report card. We're going to grade each position unit on the season to this point. Seven games in, slightly more than midseason, but close enough. I guess if you count the bowl games, about midseason. Uh, and hopefully more than just a bowl game. We'll see. Uh, but, Kurt, we're going to start like we always do. We, we were doing this for the recap show for the first couple games of the season, but now we're going to go back and do it for the entire uh, first half of the season here. We're going to start offensively like we were doing earlier, and we're going to start with the quarterback position. I know coming off of the uh, terrible performance in Baton Rouge, a lot of people would have this graded very low, but I think that was one isolated game when you look at the totality of the first half of the season. So, Kurt, if you look at the quarterback position with Fromm and Fields, Fields has played a little bit of a role, not as much of a role, obviously, but a role in that in that uh, quarterback room. What grade do you give our quarterbacks to this point? Um, I'm going to go with a B plus. Okay. Why um, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, they've played solid, but I also think there's a lot of room to improve for both quarterbacks, and I think that's why I go with, uh, you know, B plus. I don't think um, overall through the whole, um, you know, through the whole season so far that they've really played terrible, but I 
think there's been definitely times where our offense has stalled and sometimes, you know, in general, um, from the quarterback play to, you know, there's times where you'd like to see better play out of them. Yeah, is that why you didn't go with an A? We just For me, it's like I don't think you've seen anything spectacular, right? Exactly. That's the thing. I mean, it's been solid at times where we've had – I mean, you know, we've had good completion percentage for the most part other than the last game. But even though the uh, high completion percentage hasn't been, you know, made our offense look spectacular. Yeah, we just – it hasn't been maybe as clean as I was hoping to see to this point. It's been very good but not necessarily to the level I, w- I was expecting coming this season. Maybe that was me when my expectations were, were just too high because we still have, you know, you have a true freshman and a sophomore who played a lot of football last year. We still only a sophomore, but I'm with you. Actually, I thought I would have a little higher grade than you because you know, everybody knows that I, I love Jake Fromm. I think he's, he's been very good for us. Not perfect, but he's been good for us. But I haven't said it B, just not quite. I don't think we've played it, again, like, kind of like what you said there. We haven't played at a spectacularly high level, so you can't go with an A, uh, but I don't think we played at a very poor level. If you look at the entire season, yes, in that one setting against LSU, it was not pretty. But that was one isolated game to this point. Now, in the other games, it hasn't been perfect either, but it's been very good for the most part. I mean, if you look at Jay Fromm right now, he's still second in the conference at 67% completion percentage. And if you go back to the start of the Rick era, no Georgia quarterback has done that except one dude, Hudson Mason. Hudson Mason is the only guy that completed 67% of his passes other than uh, then Jake Fromm, now, and the season's not over yet. We've got a lot of ball left to play. We've got some good defense we're going to face. There's a good chance that that percentage is going to go down a little bit more. But still, right now, at 67%, no quarterback uh, since the beginning of the, of the Mark Richt era, going all the way back there, the early 2000s, has done that except Hudson Mason. And Fromm is averaging two yards more per pass than Hudson Mason was. So that tells me it's Hudson was throwing much more shorter passes, more high percentage completion plays, as opposed to Fromm who's averaging a little over nine yards a uh, completion right now. He's also third in yards per attempt in the league and, and third in quarterback rating. Yeah, again, LSU was a terrible performance. He was not good enough there. Uh, and uh, there have been some other games where we start off slow. There have been. Uh, he has to throw the ball away a little bit more consistently when nothing is there. Uh, but overall, this guy has been very good for us. Uh, he gets us in the right plays and protections. Again, he's hitting 67% of his passes. Uh, does a good job leading the team. And then you look at what... Uh, what we've got with Justin Fields, when he's coming to the game, he's made an impact, right? Yeah, definitely. But he's also, like, you know, like I mentioned from, he's got room to improve, you know, especially on his reads when it comes yeah. to when we do attempt to throw with him. Yeah, and if Justin Fields wants to see more more time on the field, if he wants to play in more meaningful situations, he's got to get to where he can read the field a little bit more. He can read defense, he can understand coverage, he can get us in the right protection. Because right now what you're seeing from him, and I know he doesn't get a lot of opportunities to pass, but when he has, the vast majority of the time, really, off the top of my head, there might there's one that sticks out to me where he hit Nada across the middle. I want to say it was in the Tennessee game. Uh, but other than that, like really, he's a one-read and take-off kind of guy because I just don't think he has a great feel for that right now. And it's okay. He's a, like, we said this before. He's a true freshman. It's it's understandable to not have a feel for that kind of thing. It'd be He'd be different. He'd be unique if he did have a better feel for that. But I think once that light does go on a little bit more for him, I expect him to see some more playing time, and I think our coaches are working towards getting him to that point, and I'm sure he's working very hard behind the, scene, behind the scenes to get to that point. And if he does, then who knows? All bets are off with, with the quarterback position. But right now, I think we've been good there um, and very good at times, but it, there has been a little bit of inconsistency there, uh, especially the LSU game, clearly, obviously. And it hasn't been, I wouldn't say it's been good enough to approach an A level performance to this point. But I, I still, I know a lot of people hate Jay Fromm and are all over him, thinks he needs to be benched. I'm not there yet. Uh, we don't really completely know what we have in Justin Fields because he hasn't, he hasn't really thrown the ball enough, but that might tell you what you, you need to know that our coaches don't trust him to do that right now. 
But uh, I still think it's been uh, a good, solid performance from both guys all the way around to this point. All right, let's move forward here and look at the running backs. Curtis, uh, we've got a little committee going here with Holyfield, Swift, and Brian Harry. And Harry obviously being the third wheel, they're not getting quite as many carries, really more so Holyfield Swift show. How do you grade our running backs to this point? I'm going with an A minus. You know, I think they've been solid, uh, especially by the rotation. Especially when you're you got to you know take into account uh, Swift's injury and he hasn't been healthy this whole season. Um, so that's why I'm going to go with A minus. I think they've you know more than anything they've been very solid. You know, uh, they haven't been you know the big play things that we're used to, but I think they've been solid and they've carried us quite a bit. They have been really good, and the production right now is not quite where it was uh, last year. Now, that's to be expected. We have two guys who are now starting the NFL. Uh, but early in the year, up until really the last game against LSU, we were about 5 to 10 yards below our production from last year, which was which is pretty solid. And that's right where we want to be. Now, after, obviously, against LSU, we didn't play that well. Offensively, we, well, that's an understatement. We didn't play well at all. We were a disaster offensively. And so our average went down a little bit. We're averaging, what, about 230 or so yards a game right now, which is still really good. Uh, but it went down a little bit there. It's not quite what it was last year. So there's been a slight drop-off there. Uh, I mean, I'm splitting hairs here. I don't have much of a difference between I I don't know if they've performed at an A level yet. I've got them at a B plus, a high B plus. But I don't know if they've been like, like kind of with the quarterbacks. Have they been spectacular? Have they been kind of like, have, have there really been those wow moments where like, dude, that's well, my, crazy. My thing is, Really, I think they've expected to, or you know, they performed to my expectations. I think some people may have had unreal expectations, okay. also. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe it's a matter of like where your expectations were. And you're, I'm with you. I think they performed about where I, I I thought they would. But I thought that they would be about a B plus level. I thought they'd be maybe a step behind what we were last year, but not nothing demonstrative. You know, like nothing where it's like a, a dramatic drop off. Uh, from where we were last year. If you look at Elijah Holyfield, the dude is averaging seven and a half ca- yards a carry right now. That's number two in the SEC among backs. We've got like 50, more than 50 carries, and he's top 20 nationally in yards per carry. Uh, you got DeAndre Swift averaging just a hair over five yards a carry at 5.1. One thing that I think goes unnoticed and nobody really talked about, it, because obviously it's running backs. You want to measure yards and stats and working tackles and all that. But these guys, I think, have done a really good job protecting the quarterback. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I really have. That's one thing, especially uh, Holyfield. I thought he's done a great he's a, he's job. He's been outstanding in protection. He really has. He, I mean, he's not afraid to take on any uh, any pass rusher. Yeah, and, and it kind of makes sense if you think about it, right, with how physical he is. How, you know, obviously, you got all the jacked-up pictures of him over the summer. Where some of them might have been slightly photoshopped when they didn't need to be because he's already freaking crazy jacked. But the dude's not afraid to be physical. and uh, it's But it's somewhat surprising for a guy who really has seen very sparse playing time up until this year. You know, you might think that's a that's a, that's a you know, running the ball. That's kind of second nature. You can do that, but can he protect? And he's really answered that uh, that question in, in a big way for us. I think we've caught the ball out of the backfield well. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of touchdowns there, or at least one. Obviously, the day one against Vanderbilt, I believe it was Vanderbilt. Was it Tennessee? Maybe it was Tennessee uh, with uh, DeAndre Swift there. I think it was Tennessee. Uh, yeah, but um, so we've done well there. Uh, we're third, and actually, you know, early season, I was kind of frustrated with the fact that we weren't hitting many explosive runs, but we've really improved in that in that area over the past couple games. We're now third in the SEC with 13 rushes of 20 plus, uh, 20 20 year plus yards on the season, uh, and we're second in rush offense and league at 226 yards a game. So, it, again, it hasn't been like it hasn't been last year, but it'd be it would have been kind of real unrealistic to expect it to be last year, right? Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, very, very solid. So I'm going to give a very high B+. Plus. I think you guys have been really good, and we're going to talk more about them here uh, in a little bit. Um, let's go on to the offensive line, because the offensive line and the running backs, of course, they're obviously connected. The running backs can't really do much with the offensive line. The offensive line, you know, without running backs doing their thing, you know, obviously there's not much going on there. So uh, 
I've got the offensive line with a B plus. What do you have them at? I went with the same thing. You know, I think, honestly, the thing that's holding it back is the injuries and, you know, that we've had to continue to shuffle around. Um, I think that's one of the hardest things. We're not 100% healthy, but I still think with all the shuffling and the injuries that they've still done a pretty good job. You know, they've struggled at times, but I think that that's expected, like I said, when, especially when you're uh, playing uh, two freshmen, one, a true freshman. Yeah. And uh, so I think they've performed admirably for the most part, honestly. I think when you're talking about this offensive line, you have to factor in that we have had two starters go down at different points. Yeah, uh, and, one, and, and, and one, one game the, one the same. The back is still playing, uh, you know, not 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I think it's pretty clear that Andrew Thomas is still not 100% um, at this point. He's, he's, play, he's still playing at a very nice level, but no, nah, I don't think he's 100%. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he is. Uh, but I think we've run the ball very well. Again, second in the SEC right now with 226 yards a game, even with – the injuries, two running, two of our starters being out at different points, had some freshmen in there. I mean, Kay Mays has basically been a fixture in this lineup since, what, game two? Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he really has been. Uh, but the reason I cannot go – I think we've done a really good job uh, running the football and run blocking. And just – I mean, we're just, we've got some big road graders in this line. I mean, that's that's kind of what Sam Pittman's been going for. That's what Kirby's won all along. We finally have that. But with that, when you have those big guys, sometimes you're at a quickness disadvantage, Right. Yeah. So one thing that I, I've seen is kind of rear its ugly head, and I'm very nervous about this going into the Florida game because that Florida front seven is insanely disruptive. We gotta have a we gotta have a plan for this, and I hope I mean clearly our coaches know that. But right now we are hundred and seventeenth nationally in pass in passing down sack rate. Uh, but we're nineteenth in standard down sack rate. So what that tells me is that we can protect well when we throw the ball in early downs because the threat of run keeps defenders from all out rushing the passer. But when we're in third and long, which are those those pass downs where we're 117th nationally in pass down sack rate, which is third and seven or more, when that's when d- defenders can pin their ears back and just rush the passer with reckless abandon. When they do that, we have a lot of trouble protecting the quarterback. And you saw that on uh, or not on Saturday uh, on what well, last Saturday against LSU when we were when we were behind, we had to throw the football and LSU was just pinning their ears back. You saw us have some deficiencies deficiencies there on the perimeter trying to to, to defend. Uh, are trying to block some of those defenders coming off the edge. So that is the one thing for me that's keeping this keeping this offensive line from, from being in the A range. Against the uh, again, well, when we're running the football, let's just say they have been very good. I mean, we're, we're number five right now in the nation in standard down line yards, which basically means like the the number of yards the line, offensive line is accountable for. So they, they they basically give if you look at some of these advanced stats, they give the offensive line credit for for zero through three for yards zero through three. We're number five right there in standard standard down line yards. We're number fifteen in stuff rate, which means uh, number of plays that are uh, third and th- third and fourth down, two or less yards to go that we're converting. We're fifteenth there in stuff rate. Uh, and so not many negative runs at all. Uh, so we're, we're doing a good job there in the run game. It's just we've got to do a better job protecting the passer when the defense knows that we've got to throw the football. And it's tough for any offensive line to do that, but we're having a, a particularly tough time, 117th nationally right now. And again, against Florida this week, we'll talk more about this as the week goes on, but man, that is uh, that is highly concerning for me. That may be, might be the one thing I'm watching more than anything in this game uh, coming up this weekend. All right, uh, let's wrap it up with the offense, uh, offense side of the ball here with a wide receiver tight end group. Kurt, uh, where do you rank our uh, receiving group? I'm going to go with the B minus. I think the thing is, you know, you've seen some nice plays from some people. I think one thing that's hurt us is the inconsistent route running. And uh, the one thing, especially with, you know, either getting separation or being on the same page as the quarterback. So that's why I'm going with the B minus. Yeah, for me, man, I, 
I'm, I mean, I'm, I, especially wide, the wide receivers have blocked well. The tight ends have been incredibly insistent. I feel like they've blocked a little bit better the last couple games. But so that give you know that they're doing all right there. But I think the route running and you know everything else has been very inconsistent. I agree with you on uh, the tight ends in, in the run game. Like the first couple of games, especially Warner was having a lot of trouble. I think we've improved there. We've gotten better. We've gotten back to kind of what we need to do from that point of view. And the receivers have been blocking at an extraordinarily high level all year long. It's hard for me to think if there's another. T- I mean, I watch a lot of college football, not just. I mean, I watch it. I mean, yesterday. I mean, with a bye week, I say here I DVR the games so I can fast forward through things. That way, I can watch a lot more games. I must have watched like 12 different games. And I'm telling you, man, I just do not see a, a group of receivers that block the way that we do. Our guys are just outstanding when it comes to that. And that really comes to coaching when Kirby demands it. You're not going to get on the field unless you are willing to be physical out there and block on the perimeter. And our guys have answered that call, and they do a great job at that. But if you look at actually catching the football, uh, right now we have nobody in the top 10 in the SEC receiving. Does that I – mean, you can't go with an A if that's the case, right? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it kind of is expected. We don't have a true go-to guy, and we don't. I mean, we, we we spread the wealth around too. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things about us is we have to. We're a balanced attack. Yeah, we rotate the ball, and look, I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say never. We'll see if we get an elite receiver. You know, if if Jaden Hayes was somehow, if we get him back on the commit list, you know, he he's going to be a guy that we can go to and be kind of a go-to guy. Uh, and maybe I think we get we have some guys who can potentially grow into that. Miko has potential to be that guy. I think JJ Holloman has the potential to certainly grow into that. Uh, but right now we rotate a lot, man. We rotate a lot out there. We have a lot of guys that we that we feel good about and that deserve to play. And so Kirby wants to keep them all happy, so we rotate a lot, and that makes sense. Keep guys fresh. I get all that. But uh, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't concern me too much that nobody's in the top ten because we are a first and foremost. We want to be a downhill running team. We all know that. We want to hit play action over the top. Off of, off of the run game. So I'm not like overly concerned about that. It doesn't really honestly surprise me all that much. But again, like if you don't have anybody in the top 10 in receiving the league, then it's you can't say this group is an elite group. Uh, I think it's a very good group, but uh, right now I don't think it's emerged as an elite group. And maybe Demetrius Robertson is a guy who next year can also make, jump up and maybe potentially be that kind of guy once he learns the system. Uh, one thing I have noticed, especially the past couple of games, I guess, and you can definitely say this against LSU, but LSU has an elite defensive backfield. But have you noticed that we've had some trouble getting consistent separation at times? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, you really saw it first rear its head against South Carolina. Yeah, and, and think about some of the big plays we've had in the passing game. Yeah, there have been, like, the ball to Terry. Terry had a step on the guy against Vanderbilt. Uh, it was a great throw by Jake. So we got some separation there. But think about some of the other big passing plays, like, the, like against Missouri, uh, the one to, to, to Ridley on the sideline and the JJ on the sideline. Those are 50-50 balls. There was no separation on those plays, right? Yeah, we just went true. up. We just went up and made plays. Those are big physical receivers, and that's what they're good at. Getting separation and just like we're not going to blow past guys. Like I know everyone thinks Terry Godwin is like super fast, and Terry's a good receiver. Terry is way more quick and loose than he is fast. The one guy that has, that has the speed to get consistent separation that plays significantly for us right now is is Miko Hardman, and he's getting based on what he did early in the season, kind of being our go to guy there, especially against South Carolina. He's getting the majority of the attention right now. He's he's seeing some of the the shadings and the double coverages, so it's opening up stuff from other guys. But there's at times against good defensive backfields like against LSU are having trouble getting separation against some of that man coverage. So that's one thing to watch going forward. We're gonna we're gonna play some good defensive backfields. Florida's got some guys. CJ Henderson's a good DB. Now on the other side over there, you got Trey Dean, who's a guy I think that we can pick on. Um, but Kentucky's got a really good defense right now. Auburn's got some guys in the back. They're kind of banged up right now, but they got some guys in that defensive backfield that can cover. Uh, so we'll see how it goes down the stretch. But that's one thing that's been – it hasn't become a major problem yet, but it could be a problem down the stretch 
really what we can what we rely on in getting separation is play action. We just we want we want the defenders to have their eyes in the backfield and guys get open that way. Because right now I just don't know if we we have good receivers. We really do, but I don't know if they're outside of maybe Miko. I don't know if they're truly explosive. Maybe JJ Holloman has that potential too. Um, we have had some drops. Um, nothing like hasn't been like an epidemic or anything, but there have been some drops there. So I think it's been a really good season to this point for the for the pass catchers. But again, not not quite spectacular yet. So I'm gonna go with a solid B there. All right, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball here and look at this uh, how this defensive unit has kind of handled themselves through the first couple of games here for the first half of the season, I guess. And let's start uh, let's start up front, man. Let's start with that defensive line. What grade do you give the D line right now? Um, I'm probably gonna go with a C plus. I've got a straight C. What what do you what are you seeing from this group to give? I mean, we're we're very similar here. Well, I think the biggest difference is that a lot of the time, I mean, they've struggled definitely. I mean, there's no doubt about it, they've struggled at times. But a lot of the time, especially against the LS in the LSU game, you saw it where they were doing their job, holding up the holes, creating gaps, but the linebackers weren't stepping into it. So when they yeah. were stepping into it, a lot of the tension falls on the D line, like it's yeah. all their fault. I think people have to understand Kirby's scheme defensively. Uh, we do not play a one gap penetrating scheme. We we run some run gap one gap stuff occasionally. But for the most part, we're, we run a two-gap scheme. Where our, like you're exactly right. Our defense linemen are basically asked to hold up the line to maintain, to anchor more or less, right? Uh, yeah. And and to, to hold up the, deep, the offensive linemen and to read where the running back's going. And what that does is essentially frees up the linebackers to make the play. When you got Roquan Smith back there flowing around, and he makes every freaking play in the world. When you've got Jawan Taylor and Natures Patrick and Monty Rice and Tate Crowder, all of a sudden we're not making as many plays. So... The defensive line, they have not been perfect, especially the second and third groups. They haven't been, in fact, the second and third groups, I say, have not been very good at all. Uh, but I think they, I think the linebackers have had a lot to do with this. Is that fair? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I'm not saying they haven't struggled because that is they 100%. They haven't have. been fantastic. They've been, yeah, they've done don't what they've been asked for the most part. The first unit has. Yeah, I mean, if and if you look at the numbers, the numbers are not favorable to us right now. I mean, if you look at some of these advanced stats, uh, we're a hundred and third in standard down line yards defensively. So man, like we're giving up quite a few zero through three yards. I mean, teams are being able to get that on us right now. And again, a lot of that has to do with linebackers. That's not just the defensive line. We're a hundred and fourth in opportunity rate, which means uh, that's the that basically what that measures is the percentage of carries getting at least four yards when four yards are available. We're giving up. We're giving up four yards when four yards are available 49% of the time, almost half the time. That is bad. Like that, That's just not going to get it done. Like that, That's just not good enough. It's just not. Uh, we're eight, and then we know we don't do a great job rushing the passers. Kirby wants to stop the run first and foremost. But the problem is, like we always like we always say that we don't rush the pass. Like we don't go all out rushing the passers because we want to defend the run first, right? Yeah. But we've done a terrible – I wouldn't say terrible. We have done a below average job of defending the run, right? Yeah. So, like, we're not rushing the passers. We want to defend the run, but we're but we're doing a horrible job defending the run, or at least a below average job defending the run. So we're not good at either of them right now because right now we're 85th nationally in pass down sack rate and 95th nationally in standard down sack rate. So we're giving that up. Like we're not even trying to rush the passer most of the time, except on third down situations, because we're trying to stop the run. But but we're not stopping the run. So we might as well just start trying to go after the passer and just create some disruptive plays. Because right now what we're doing is just not working against the run. It just simply is not. Now I will say we're 11th in power success rate, so teams are not being able like when it's when it's second, third, and fourth and short, they're not able to really power it on us there. Uh, like uh, like you would think they would when you look at how we're having some t- trouble defending the run uh, in totality. But when it comes to those those short yard situations, we've actually been pretty good there. We're 11th nationally in power success rate, 
but it just it hasn't been great. And like and, and again, the defensive line works in tandem with the inside linebacker, so it's hard to kind of isolate. Okay, well, what's what are the defensive line responsible for? What's the inside linebacker's responsibility? Like, you know, who's who's really at fault? I think the, the answer is probably a little bit of both. I, I lean more towards the inside linebackers clearly, uh, but the defensive line hasn't been hasn't been great either. I think Tyler Clark has had a good season. I think he's been really good. I think Ledbetter has been good this year. I think Jordan Davis has really come on. Do you think that, like, the fact that Jordan Davis is starting to play more and more and more each and every game, he played a lot against LSU, and I thought he played well. The fact that he can kind of fill in that nose guard position now, does that potentially change the outlook for this defensive line moving forward? I think it does a little because you allow Julian to play more of a natural position for him. Yeah, and we've been saying that all along. Like, Julian... Look, I don't think Julian's ever going to be an elite player for us anywhere on the defensive line. But I think he's much better playing a three or five technique as opposed to playing a zero tech nose guard. That's just not what he's cut out for. Maybe when he was like 330 plus pounds when he came in, but the dude's like barely over 300 right now. And he's not a, a, a he hasn't shown that he's consistently a powerful player. He did in high school. He hasn't shown that right now through three years uh, at the college level. So I, I, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I think that allows Julian to be more effective. Again, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite defensive lineman for us, but he can be a good, solid player for us, and I, that kind of frees him to do that. And plus, now we have a guy who really fits that zero-tech spot where he can hold up uh, some, potentially some double teams. And maybe that does free up our linebackers to be a little bit more effective. Now, we didn't really see that so much against LSU because the linebackers just didn't quite get it done. But maybe moving forward, that's something that, that we can see uh, it kind of transpired here. I don't know. I'm hopeful there. Uh, so uh, Demons Vine hasn't been a disaster, but hasn't really been great either. So I'm going to go a, a solid straight C there. Uh, outside linebackers. I've also got this group as a C, Kurt. What do you have, Matt? Uh, I would probably go with the same. Outside of DeAndre Walker. Um, he's been good. When he's given opportunities yeah. to rush the passer, he's been good. Exactly. I think he's also done a decent job when he's had to drop in the coverage. I mean, Brent yeah. Cox is learning, and he, you know, he's he's coming along slowly. You got to remember, he's a true freshman. But outside of those two, it's been very uh, average. Underwhelming, I think, is what I would say. Yeah, especially Walter Grant. You know, I, I was expecting a little bit more out of him coming into this year. I think you just got to think about his role. I mean, he basically plays that star position. He's a hybrid star position. That and that's well, yeah, what he does. The thing, I, the thing is, he just he just frustrates me. Yeah. Continuously with setting the edge. Yeah, he definitely does. And Britton Cox, as a true freshman, has had some problems with that with the discipline there and, and playing with the proper leverage. But again, like you said, you expect that out of a true freshman. It makes sense there. Uh, but I'm going to go back to what you said the defensive line. The prime, the primary role of our outside linebackers, until we get to third down situations, is to defend the run, right? Yeah. That's what we use them to do. They're, they're essentially an extension of our defensive line. That's really what they are. Uh, so everything you're saying about the defensive line, I think you have to also include the outside linebackers in that equation, right? To me, you do. That's why I have the defensive line with a C and the outside linebackers with a C because I think both of those groups, their primary responsibility in this in this defensive scheme is to defend the run, especially on first and second down. Now, obviously, on third down, the outside linebackers, we're trying to get them to rush the passer a little bit more, and we've had some, we've had some success on third. Like when we rush the passer – on third down, we've had some success there. We just don't really try to get after the passer on, on early standard downs. It's, we just don't because those guys are, are playing the run. So everything I said about the defensive line, 103rd in standard down line yards, 104th in opportunity rate, 85th in pass down sack rate, 95th in standard down sack rate. A lot of that goes to the outside linebackers. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't give the defensive line a C and then give the outside linebackers a higher grade than that. I just I can't right now. I can't justify that. So. Uh, I got the same thing there. I got them a C along with the defensive line because, again, I just kind of see them more so as an extension of the defensive line on those early downs than anything. Okay, and that brings us to – I didn't really want to talk about it. I've talked about it enough this season. The inside linebackers, Kurt. What grade are you giving them? I'm going to just go with a D. 
Yeah, I flirted with an F, but I don't think they've been like that bad. I, I, they've been, you know, they they were decent against South Carolina. So yeah, they've had moments been, where they've been pretty good, but yeah, that's why not I don't enough. go with the F. But a D is about where I put them. I just can't go higher than a D right now. Like what? I think the thing is, I mean, you, I mean, I think we've 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 talked about it so much. I mean, we're yeah, really we've have, talked about it so much. I don't know if there's anything else we can add, but other than it's just, I mean, we're average at best. At that position. We're just not championship level at that position. I've said it before, and I've said it a million times, but that's just how I see it. And I, I, God, dude, I hope that they prove me wrong down the stretch. I really do. I want to be wrong so badly. I do not take any pleasure in saying anything negative about our guys. I know they work so hard. They put so much time in. The average fan, I don't think they understand, right, like how much time these guys put into this. You know? No. They have no clue. There's no conception of it. And so like, that's why I know some of you guys, especially after loss against LSU, something like that, like – just understandably, you just want to vent, and I get it, man. I totally do. But and I feel that way too, to a degree. But I also think back to what these guys do for us and what they put into this. I mean, it it consumes their life. And yeah, I know there's a lot of benefits that go along with it for them too. I totally get that. But anyway, I know I'm kind of going off a tangent here. I just I don't like criticizing your guys like that and being all over them because these guys do work hard and these guys have done it the right way for the most part. I mean, you know, nature has had some run-ins, but I mean, most of the guys have, have done things the right way. Juwan Taylor's waited his turn and. It's just been a good teammate, didn't transfer, could have all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, and Tay Crowder has transitioned to a different position, has worked hard to get to where he can play that different position. So the guys have worked really hard. And so it, it, it pains me to say it, but they're just not championship caliber, man. Like, we've gone all over, we've gone all over the details of this. I mean, look, they, they don't fight through traffic well. They don't read, they have very, like, I don't, do we, other, I think Monty Rice has, is pretty instinctual there. But outside of him, could you say that any of those guys, including Natres, really has great instincts for that position? No, I don't think you can. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I don't know how you could argue that point. I just I, They don't. And since they don't have the instincts, like you're like Roquan was so instinctive. I mean, there's so many reasons why Roquan was good. And obviously they're not going to be Roquan. I know that. But I'm just saying, like, you go from that to guys who are just standing in place like for like two or three seconds trying to figure out where what's going on. And then by the time you do that – the defenders already, or the running backs already passed you, or the line, the lineman's up on you, and our guys aren't good enough to fight through that. I mean, a guy like Jawan Taylor, as small as he is, when when he allows the lineman to get up on him because he's taking so long to read, he has no chance to get off of these guys, and that's been a problem all year long. And I was hoping with more playing time that that, that would improve, and he just needed more reps, but I just haven't seen it yet, man. I just haven't. They're they're not striking guys consistently. I mean, I mean, I mean with Jawan, I don't know what you expect. Kids like he's not going. To, he's a small guy. He yeah. does what he can. I mean, he's a third down linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I think we're not – I don't know if we're using him properly. He's a third-down linebacker. We did that against Vanderbilt, and it worked well. Uh, but I, we, we had him – in. I mean, in that second half against LSU, we, we were basically rolling with him and Tay Crowder at inside linebacker. And I'm sitting here like, what in the world are we doing? This team wants to run right at you, and you're putting – you're putting in, put in the game the two guys who are, who are least equipped to do that inside linebacker. It just made no sense to me, man. I, no, man, ah, man, it just made no sense to me. But it is what it is. We have who we have right now. They don't, they don't fight through traffic. They don't disengage from blocks. They don't cover particularly well outside of maybe Jawan Taylor. They don't rush the pass particularly well. That's one thing that you're also think. I mean, we're missing this year too. Roquan led the team in sacks last year. He had six sacks last year. And again, they're not going to be Roquan, but we're not even coming close to that. Like we're not getting production rushing the pass on those third down situations when we're bringing some of the exotic pressures that we have. It's just not happening right now. And it's a problem. So, yeah, they just haven't been good, man. It's just – it sucks. And I know they're trying to get better. And I hope to God they prove me wrong. But it just hasn't happened at this point. It is what it is. All right. Uh, now, on the, the next one here, I think it's a little bit of a sunnier picture. The defensive backfield. I got a B plus here, man. I really was tempted to go with an A. But there's a few things that 
kind of caused me to come, bring it down a notch here to a B plus. What are you seeing? Oh, you're a little notch for me. I'm going with a B. Um, I think especially pass coverage outside DeAndre Baker, we've been really consistent. And, you know, it's been a problem for me the last couple weeks has been the, you know, the – Inconsistent tackling. It's you have really been all you've been all over that. Yeah, yeah I know you. Well, been, I mean, really, but you're right. And, and not only that, but also in pass coverage. I mean, we bring in people like uh, Tyreek McGee, who has consistently been. I don't get it, man. Here. That's yeah, I don't get it. So I mean, that's why I go with a B. I mean, outside of Baker, if we had all Bakers, it'd be easy A. But we haven't. Um, out, outside the South Carolina game, when they did a really good job shutting them down, we haven't really been that you know shut down. We've been giving up plays. I thought we did a really good job defending the. I thought we did a good job against South Carolina. I thought we did a good job against Missouri, too. Uh, we did a really good job in that game. But there had been, like, Tennessee hit too many plays late in that game. Vanderbilt had too much success in the first half. And LSU, I mean, I know we held them, like, Burrow was still only 50% uh, in that game. But they just hit too many plays they shouldn't have hit. Uh, yeah, that was really attacking Campbell. Yeah, they, they were. And that's what's happening. When, when we give up plays in the pass game, it's Tyson Campbell right now. Because they yeah. know they can't they can't attack Dre Baker. And, and like, I, I get what you're saying. Other, other than Baker... We haven't been consistent in pass coverage, and I agree with you there. But the fact is, like, we have DeAndre Baker, and he has been exceptional. Like, he's been yeah, as good I as we've had. Yeah, I saw a crazy stat from him that he hadn't given up a touchdown in two, over two years. Yeah, he's been like, – one of the mailback – I can't remember when this was, but we had a mailback question a couple weeks ago. And the, the question was uh, something along the lines of, what, who is the, the other DB that we've had that's been as good as DeAndre Baker? Like DeAndre Baker's like the best DB we've had since. And like I try to think of somebody in the recent past. I had to go back to Champ, ba- Champ Bailey. Yeah, there's been no one as dominant. Yeah, like I mean, we've had some good DBs. You know, we've we had some guys. We had Brandon Boykin, who was a good player. Uh, we've had some guys out there. But, I mean, Paul Oliver, God rest his soul. I mean, he was good, man. Paul Oliver was really good. We've had some guys. That, Tim Jennings was good. We've had some guys, but like, I, I think DeAndre Baker, I mean, I I don't think I'm being too crazy saying that. I think he's as good as we've had since Champ Bailey. He's not Champ Bailey, but he's as good as we've had since Champ Bailey. He's, he's you know, one of the first true All-Americans we've had there. Yeah, I, I think he's a first-team All-American at this, at this point. I mean, he's been – I mean, we, we threw this stat out, you know, before the LSU game about how much success he had against the top five receivers that he's faced in the in the SEC, and it was just insane. Um, but uh, he so like yeah the other guys have been maybe a little inconsistent but we have DeAndre Baker and he has performed at an ext- like an all American level like he's that good and Tyson Campbell here I mean we said this on the LSU recap show like the thing is he hasn't been like burned you know like his athleticism is is obvious his speed is obvious he's been in position almost every time he's given up a touchdown and given up big plays he's just got to get to where he's making better plays in the ball and that's something you learn as you go and he's got two of the best guys out there with Mel and Kirby training him and I fully believe he will get that part of the game right now uh, he's just sometimes he seems a little lost is that fair a little lost at times early in the yeah. season I think he's getting better at that I don't, he doesn't seem near as lost he seems more confident but early in the season he didn't have that swag I don't think he's playing with a great deal of swag uh, and confidence which you really have to to, be, to play at a high level as a DB uh, I think he'll get there uh, but he, he seems like he's a little bit more comfortable but I still don't think he's playing with, at a really like, high level from a comfort perspective um, as soon as that comes, I think he will get better and better. And again, he's there. He's just got to get his head around and make plays in the ball. When he does that, the guy is going to be fine. But he has gotten picked on a couple of times in, in certain games. Um, and Tyree McGee, you mentioned him in the, in the nickel. Explain to me again why Tyree McGee is in there exclusively over Will, uh, William Poole. I don't understand. I thought Poole played really well when he was And I know the competition wasn't great at that point when Poole was playing, but still, I thought he was playing well. I really did, and I, I think he gives us more size against the run 
from that nickel position, which is a key part to play in that position, McGee can be a liability in that respect. Now, McGee is not afraid to like mix it up and stick his nose in there in the run game. It's not that. He's just small, you know? And yeah. that 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 is somewhat, I don't want to say a handicap. That's a little bit too strong, but it's an issue at times. It has been, especially when teams try to attack the edges there. So I don't know, man. Like I, I and the, We'll talk about this in a minute when we get to the coaching here, but that's one of my issues is, is personal users. Like our decisions we make and who we play and where we play them. I just sometimes don't get it. I think I don't have so much a problem with play calling. I just don't understand sometimes why we use guys in certain situations and just don't play other guys at all. It's weird. Like we rotate at so many other positions, but we're not ever going to rotate at nickel. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, all right. And then, uh, so that does it for the defense side of the ball. Now let's look at special teams and coaching, uh, special teams wise, Kurt, what do you, what grade are you going to give our unit? Are you next, uh, I I'd probably go with a B. I think most of that's carried by Rodrigo. I think punting has been really inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, Rodrigo has carried the load. I'm going to give it a slightly higher grade. I, I, I've i been grading a little bit more leniently than you here uh, today. I've been a little more favorable. Uh, but, yeah, Rod has been fantastic, man. Like, he has. Kicking off. Think about where he was, like, two years ago and where that dude is now as a kickoff man. Like, it's unbelievable. He's putting the ball through the uprights for the most part. Uh, he's been great. Uh, coverage team's been very good, much like last year. Haven't been really any big breakout runs, not too many at least. Um, and we had a couple big returns. You know, had the one return for a touchdown from Miko, a couple other big ones. We had the big one against LSU that set us up for a potential score there. Then, of course, Fromm has to take the sack, which I can't, still can't quite get over why he took that sack, but he did. Uh, so whatever. But uh, for me, the only reason, you mentioned it there, the only reason that I don't have an A for our special teams right now is the punting. It's just been highly inconsistent. And that's what you would expect with a freshman, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if people why, if people are expecting him to be Cam Nice. Like, he wasn't. No, he's a true freshman. Dude's like, what, I don't even, has he turned 19 yet? I mean, he's 18 or 19. Yeah, uh, I mean, and the thing is, he's, the one thing I noticed, he really struggles is angles, angled punts. When you let him yes. just go and kick it straight, he booms he's it. Gonna, yeah, he's going to boom. You saw against LSU, they kept trying to get him to corner it and angle it, and he was shanking it. Then the one time they let him kick, you know, kick a high deep one, it was a beautiful one inside the 20. Yeah, he just, it's like he thinks too much, he has to angle it. He's like, I'm, it's, like it's almost like, you know, like, uh, when I used to play baseball, you know, like when you kind of short arm it, like you're, you're, my dad used to always say you're aiming it, right? Instead of throwing yeah. it, you're aiming it. Like you're trying so hard to make a good throw, you're aiming it, and when you try to do that, it's a bad throw, right? You're thinking too much. Just let it rip. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing with uh, with the punting situation here with Camarda right now and, and when he's trying to angle it there. And also trying to get – when he's also trying to do some of the sky punches, you see, see that to a degree. But uh, he also has had some opportunities to pin teams deep, and he hasn't really done it consistently. He's kicked in the end zone far, uh, too many times for my liking, to be honest with you. And you're right. He's not going to be Cam Nizer. Like, dude, the dude's 18, 19 years old. I think he's going to be really good for us. He's just been inconsistent. He has been good at times. I mean, he's clearly got a great leg. He's just got to kind of get a hang of more of the finer points of, of punting the football at the college level. It's not just kicking the crap out of the ball every single time you get out there. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I think our special team's been really good. The only reason I don't have an A is the punting. It's just not – it hasn't been bad, just not consistent. Uh, that brings us finally to the coaching here, Curtis. Uh, I know a lot of people, since the LSU game is still fresh in our mind, I think we might get killed on this one. Um, but maybe I will. I don't want to speak for you. What grade are you giving our coaching in, in its totality here at this point? I'm going to give a B. I think, you know, offensively, like you said, I haven't, you know, sometimes we've been conservative, but for the most part, I feel like we call good plays. Our players just haven't executed at the times when we've yeah. struggled. If it was for penalties, drop balls, you know, not compl- you know, not throw great passes or just great reads or anything like that. But I feel like, you know, the offensive play calling, when it hasn't been conservative, 
that if, if it, for the most part, if it wasn't successful, like I said, it was execution. And defensively, um, you know, that's the one, that's one reason I don't have it any higher. I think the defensively sometimes makes you, you know, scratch your head, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. After the LSU recap show, uh, we said we put more of it on player execution than coaching. We didn't not say we got killed, but there were, there was a couple of people saying like you're being way too soft. The coaches, you're being way too I easy mean, the on coaches them. Coaches didn't call the best game, yes, but it, you, you, all right, coaches look like geniuses if the players go out there and execute the plays correctly. Like we said, yeah. if Fromm completes those passes and things like that, and we scored three touchdowns off those plays, yep. wow! All of a sudden, the coaches look smart. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and then you get, I know it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You can come back and say, well, it's the coach's job to coach those guys up to make sure they do execute. I get that, but at some point they have to do it for themselves. I just, yeah, I, mean, I don't if, know. If a, player, if a player's open and we just throw a bad pass, you, how's that the coach? You can only do so many drills. Like, like, we do an infinite number of catching drills, passing drills. I mean, you guys have no idea. At some point, the players just have to do it, you know? I mean, it's just, it has to happen. Um, I'm with you, man, right? I, I kind of... I'm vacillating to like a B, a B to B plus. I don't know why, like somewhere in that range. Um, so the B range. But like to me, and I know a lot of you are sitting here like rolling your eyes. Oh my God, like don't the coach have been terrible. Like we're, this team is so much better than, than what we've been playing. I, and that's fine. Like if you disagree, that's totally cool. I mean, I, I totally respect that. And we'd love to hear what you guys think on Twitter at glory underscore UJ. Give us your thoughts there. But uh, this team, particularly this defense, has some deficiencies in spots, don't they? Yeah, 100%. I think some people are being unrealistic just after last year and some of the players returning that all of a sudden yeah. we're going to be just where And they we also were, see the number I mean, one recruiting class. Like, oh my God, I'm like, they're 18 and 19 years old right now, guys. Yeah, I mean, even look at Bama. The, since, since their run has started, very rarely have they ever had freshmen play for them. And that's after having like six and like, how many, like, how many, six or seven consecutive number one classes stacked on top of each other? Exactly. I, I mean, we have, we've had one. It's just great. It's a start. It's great. But we had one right now, all right? And those guys are freshmen right now. Now, next year and the year after, those guys are going to be hell to deal with. But right now, they are still very young and very much learning. Uh, so I, I'm just – this is the way I see it. I, I'm not saying I'm right. It's just how I look at this. Particularly, this, like, this defense has some deficiencies in spots. Like the defensive line after the first unit and inside linebacker, clearly we've detailed that. Uh, and there's other areas too. Uh, the star position, I don't think we're good enough in, in the against the run there. And we're also relying on a lot of those young guys to play key roles. You know, we got Richard LeCount, who's been really good, but also has had some freshman moments. Uh, you got Tyson Campbell, who's been picked on over there at cornerback. Uh, then you've got you got Britton Cox, who's playing. I mean, he's essentially a starter, more or less, at that position. He's playing starters minutes or starters downs. I mean, we're we're relying on a lot of really young guys to play some key roles for this defense and for the offense as well. Uh, and so, like, if you think about that, I think our coaches have done a pretty good job dealing with that. Like, we're not like, – let's just be real. Like, I think oh, the, the overall 85-man roster, I think we're more talented than we were last year, right? Yeah. But a lot of those guys are so young, they're not playing, like, meaningful downs for us in SEC play. So the guys who are playing on our defense versus the guys who are playing last year, we're just not as talented right now. Like, we're just – like – I, I think it, it's, it, maybe it's, I'm being maybe that's the, the I'm talking about the inside linebackers and that's kind of really just overwhelming how I'm viewing this. We're just not nearly as talented at, in, at inside linebacker, especially. I think the defensive line missing John John Atkins that hurts. I think we're fine at outside linebacker. I think we have very similar talent there at outside linebacker. I think at corner we have more talent with Tyson Campbell, but he's so young, he's still very much learning. We have more talent at at safety with. With uh, Richard LeCount, he still had some freshman moments, or not freshman, but sophomore moments, but first year starter moments. Um, so, like, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'm wrong there. We do have a lot of talent, but 
we're missing a guy like Roquan Smith that's killing us. And, and that's that's really hurt this defense all year. So we've been kind of having to do some smoke and mirrors there to kind of compensate for that. Um, and it hasn't always been pretty. But we have managed – like our coaches have managed that well for the most part, losing all those key players in that defense last year. I mean, we're still a top 15 to 20 defense, only giving up three yards less than Alabama. Uh, and, and I only use Alabama as a reference because everyone has already penciled them in as the greatest team of all time, right? I mean, so like if you look at it, we're we're not performing – from a defensive perspective, we're not performing really much – we're basically performing the same level as Alabama, essentially is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, but the meltdown at LSU, that happened, right? Like, we yeah. cannot ignore that. That game happened, and while I'm with you, man, I still maintain that had more to do with player execution than game plan or lack of intensity or not getting the players up to play the game. But I think the coaches, they at least have to bear some of that blame. I still say it's more on player execution. The coaches do have some responsibility. You can't just absolve them of all blame. Uh, but here's what I was saying earlier, and I want you to tell me what you think, Kurt, if I'm, if I'm off base here. My biggest issue with coaching, I know everyone wants to rip Jim Chaney and rip us for play calling, left and right. And, I, and I've always been kind of resistant to that because I think he's he dials up plays and sometimes we just don't execute them. doesn't mean he's perfect, and it doesn't mean he's like an elite play caller. I just think he's been good enough. He's been fine. I don't really have a major issue with it. What I do have a major problem with, or at least an issue with, with this staff, going back to day one three years ago when they came in, it's personnel usage, man. Like how they use players and where they play them. I'm gonna go back to 2016. I know this is two years, you know, two years ago and whatever. And like we don't worry about it anymore. But I still can't get over the fact. And I love Sam Pittman, but Tyler Catalina playing left tackle and Isaiah Wynn playing left guard in 2016. Isaiah Wynn was a first round draft pick at left tackle. Tyler Catalina is a guard, and he was a disaster at left tackle. And it's not his fault. He was playing out of position. Wynn is not big enough. wasn't wasn't a, He's a good guard, but not a great guard. He's a good left tackle. And we saw that last year. So I still go back to that and say, that was like, what in the world were we thinking there? I don't understand it. Go back to last year. Sony should have been our feature back last year. I still maintain that. And I know we all love Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. Sony averaged eight yards a carry last year, guys. Two yards more per carry than Nick Chubb did. Sony was the better back. That's why he was drafted in the first round ahead of Nick Chubb. He was just better. He should have gotten significantly more carries. And I know the national championship game, we want to say, I there's the rumor that he was hurt in that game. Like, who knows whether he was or not in the fourth quarter. It's beyond belief that that guy was, just didn't play in the fourth quarter. Just, we didn't have him in there. I just don't understand it. I can't, I can't get over that. Uh, and this year, I don't think we've utilized Justin Fields properly. I'm not sure he's ready to start because we haven't seen him enough to do it or to, to say that he's ready to start. We just haven't seen him throw the ball enough. But this guy can help us win. He's an absolute weapon. Short yardage, goal line, all of that. And we just aren't maximizing what he's able to give us right now. He's not. Maybe he's not able to go out and be the starting quarterback right now. I don't, I don't think he is probably at, at this point, if I had to guess. But he's able to do more than what he's done. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I think he is. I think he's able to do more than he's done. And I, I just don't think we've really maximized his abilities to this, to this point in the year and really used him as a weapon like he can be. We've done it at times – but just not consistently enough. And then my last one here, we talked about some of the stuff defensively with with uh, the nickel position, but offensively again, Elijah Holyfield, man, that dude needs to be getting a lot more carries. He's averaging seven and a half yards of carry right now, but he's got five games with single-digit carries. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. I know some of those games where we were blowouts and we wanted to sit guys, and I get that, but that's just not good enough. Five games, it's not good enough. You can't have single-digit carries. I mean, it's, I went seven carries against LSU. Just, no, not going to happen. Uh, and in that dreadful court, second quarter against Bat- in Baton Rouge against LSU, he had one carry, all right? He had one carry 
between uh, he went from 5:30 in the first half to 5:05 in the second. I'm sorry, 5:30 in the first quarter to 5:05 in the second quarter between carries. Basically, 15. Basically, a full quarter of game time, and then he goes from 5:05 in the second quarter to zero to 35 seconds in the third quarter before he gets another carry. That just cannot happen. That cannot happen right now. Right now, he's, he's playing the best of all the running backs. He's got to get more looks. I'm looking for that to happen against Florida. I really hope it does. I, I can't say it's going to happen, but I, I hope it does. I hope it does. All right, well, let's move on here real quick. And uh, we're, we're going to wrap this up here, but just got a couple quick things. Kurt, we're going to talk about what's been most surprising and most disappointing for you to this point. And then we're, we're going to highlight an offensive MVP and a defensive MB, MVP on this season. So we'll start with most surprising. Kurt, what's the... Who's the player, or what's the thing that's been most surprising to you this season? Um, I'm gonna go with Tate Mays. I think he's been the most, uh, the, the biggest surprise uh, to me. You know, coming into the season, I said that you know a lot of people might go with Holyfield, but I said coming into the season, I thought he was gonna be you know the unsung hero, someone that people are doubting that was gonna come and make a statement. So I'm gonna go with Tate Mays. I thought he has stepped in and played admirably. You know, he's true yeah. a lot of times, but for a true freshman, that a lot of people are expecting to take a red shirt. I thought he's done well. I think he's done a really good job. I think he, especially in the run game, I mean, he's a mauler. He really has that ability. Uh, his pass protection's a work in progress, but I mean that's that's to be expected. I'm not freaking out about it because he's a true freshman. He's done a really good job. He stepped in. We've had some key injuries on the offensive line. He stepped in at left tackle and right guard. Just kind of a jack of all trades there. So uh, just been a valuable piece for us, man. And what a get! What a get for Kirby and company, Sam Pittman and company to to, to reel him in from Tennessee as a Tennessee legacy. That's a big one, man. He's been great. Uh, for me, most surprising has been. Uh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go back to personnel usage. The fact that we have just not figured out how to use Justin Fields does that surprise you at all? Yeah, it does. Like I I'm not like I didn't think he was necessarily gonna be starting by this point. I didn't, I didn't think that. I really didn't. But I figured he would be a much bigger part of each game plan than he has been. And he's come in at times you know against Tennessee when the the, uh, the running game was stalling out a little bit. He came in and sparked us there. He came in a little bit against Vanderbilt. Had some good runs. But again, in the bigger games again like. South Carolina, mop-up duty, right? Missouri, one carry or one play, right? Uh, then against LSU, I mean, he comes in late in the, you know, in the third quarter and tries to do a couple of things here and there, but not, nothing really much. So I just I thought this guy would be a bigger part of our offense, not necessarily starting, but using him in certain packages, you know, with short yards, goal line, trying to get the run game involved, and just doing different things with him. I don't think we have – I hate to use the word creative because I don't think you have to be creative to be good on offense. But there's a lot of things that we could do with this guy that other teams do with mobile quarterbacks. You all watch. I mean, I, I, there's so many. I, mean, I was sitting there all day yesterday on the couch just watching all these football games and watching these teams how they use mobile quarterbacks and what they're able to do with them. I'm like Jesus Christ, man! Like why? Like why aren't we doing things like this with Justin Fields? Fields is better than all these guys. Why are we not doing things like this when he's in the football game? It's just it's kind of baffling to me. I, I think he's clearly a weapon. Again, no, I don't think he's ready to start. But he's a he's more of a weapon than what he's been used as right now. So to me, that's most surprising. I thought I mean, he has played, but I thought he would play more. I'd uh, be more of a, a part of this offense to this point. Uh, all right, the next thing here, uh, maybe this also that's most disappointing for me too. But um, what's the, been the most disappointing thing or the most disappointing player for you through the first half of the season? Oof, um, I would have to go with Terry. All right, explain what you're seeing there. I mean, other than that big play against Vandy and the big block, you know, I thought he hadn't really been the senior leader that we really needed on offense. You know, coming into the season, we said that on offense that we were heavily going to rely on Galliard and Terry to be our leaders. And I think sometimes when you look at that offense, sometimes when we stall out, you need some more 
Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think that's he fair. Needs more from the senior leader, so maybe you could say leadership in general. But I think uh, offensively, he's one that you really sticks out that you're not seeing enough out of. And I think part of it was, you know, he's obviously fighting the injuries through camp in the early part of the season, so he didn't feel like he was a part of the, really a part of the game plan, and, and really wanted to get him into much of the action. When this is his senior year, he had a good year, a really good junior year, bounce back junior year after a so-so sophomore year. Obviously, he was expecting to have a big year, and when it wasn't happening, that's tough. That's tough on anybody, man. It really is. Um, and of course, you had his mom getting out there and saying some things, and that's never good. I and mean, that wasn't Terry. I'm not putting that on Terry. It wasn't him. But it's just not. It's, it's never a good look. It's it's. And there's, so there's probably some frustration there. Clearly, there was some frustration there. So I'm with you, man. I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but fortunately, we've had some other guys pick up the slack a little bit there. For me, the most disappointing is not so much a player. It's just in general the offensive inconsistencies. You know, like we've. We've been good on offense. We're averaging 460 yards a game. We're still top five in the in the conference, the top half of the SEC. But I, I don't think we've been as good as I think we can be. Is that fair? Yeah, 100%. I, I think that we've we've had moments where like, dude, we look really good. But like, we have I don't know if we play even uh, we definitely have not played an A game on offense yet. I don't know. Have we really even played like a, a high level B game on offense? I I don't know. I don't I mean against South Carolina we had moments we run the ball really well, but from you know we had some protection issues. He made some some careless mistakes there. We played in the second half against Vanderbilt. We played really well offensively. Um, but have we really put together that totally complete game other than maybe like against Middle Tennessee and Austin P? I, I mean you, I don't know if you can, I can kind of throw those games. I'm saying I guess I'm saying against like legit competition in the SEC. We haven't really put together a complete game offensively. It hasn't just hasn't gelled. It hasn't been clean. It just there's just it hasn't been bad. We've been really good at times, but there's just been too many inconsistencies, whether it's uh, taking sacks, whether it's missing open receivers, whether it's receivers dropping balls, whether it's the line not protecting from like we like we need them to, whether it's not using fields as much. I mean, there's just different things, running diff- running wrong routes, uh, whatever. This There's just been some issues there uh, where I was hoping that we'd be a little bit more of a well-oiled machine this year. I, I thought our offense could be really, really good. It still has been good. It can be even – it can be still be really good. But it's just been too inconsistent to this point for my liking. All right, real quickly here, Kurt, give me your offensive MVP on the season. This was tough for me because I don't know if like, we've really had one dude that stands out more than anybody because we spread around to, so I'd much. I don't have to go with me, Cole. That's who I had. I mean, if it wasn't for the LSU game, I, I could I could justify going from. But after that game, can we? Can you justify that? No, I, I don't think you can because he was a big I part mean, of the reason why we like, lost that he game. He like the anti-MVP in that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks to say, but – and I know the guy, he worked so hard, man, but like, he was a big part of the reason why we lost that game. Not the yeah, only he, reason. He was, he was, that game, he was LSU's MVP. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, it's like, he wasn't the only reason we lost that game, clearly, but he was a big part of the of the reason we lost. And that's you. I don't think you can really have said that about from at any point in his career until that game. It was just not a good performance. So because of that, that kind of, for me, it knocks him out. Uh, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you got Elijah Holyfield's, when he gets the chance, he's averaging 7.5 yards a carry. I think he's been our best back. But does he carry the ball enough to really make that much of an impact to be the MVP? I don't. I don't think he has got enough opportunities. Uh, and then Miko early in the season, you know, he made some waves. So I'm gonna go with Miko. I know he hasn't been as effective. I hit the the big plays haven't been coming as easily for him as they were early in the season. But I also think that's because he was making those big plays early in the season and is now seeing more attention and coverage uh, from opposing defenses, which is opening up man coverage for other uh, other uh, receivers and giving them more opportunities. So I think, yeah, he might not be putting up the numbers the past couple games, but he's allowing other players to be able to put up some more numbers. So I'm still going to go with Miko, but it's a tough one because I think we just we spread the ball around so much and there's not really one guy that just like just stands out to you there. 
Uh, but I think Miko is probably the closest to it right now. Uh, and because uh, we think about it, early season, people were giving him like they're talking about Heisman. And I was like, dude, let's slow the brakes a little bit here. But uh, he's been good. Uh, and then finally here, the defensive MVP on the season. I think this is pretty clear cut. Who you got? Yeah, is there even a question? Is DeAndre Baker? Yeah, it's. I mean, I I did this one in point seven seconds. Like, oh, Dre Baker. That's it. I mean, he's he's the MVP on the defense. And we, I think DeAndre Walker's been really good. Uh, I think Tyler Clark's been really good. And I think Jonathan Ledbetter's been really good. You can make arguments for all those guys if we didn't have DeAndre Baker on the team. But he is the one guy that's a true All-American on that defense, and it's just no question asked right now. It's DeAndre Baker. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that does it for us here today on the Glory UGA Podcast. If you have any mailback questions for us, any questions you want us to cover leading into the Florida game or really about anything uh, Georgia sports-related, let us know. Uh, again, our Twitter account is at Glory underscore UJ. Love to hear your thoughts, and we'll try to get – you guys on the mailbag show so send those in uh but thanks for listening guys we really do appreciate all the support um it's because of you guys that we still even have the show so thank you again all so much for that but for curtis i'm tyler got a big game obviously this week we'll have you guys covered um and as always go dogs